Hi, it's Judd, and I'm sitting here with editor Bob in his editing suite here in Hollywood, California. Hey, Bob. Hello, Napa Valley. Hello, Judd. Hey, hi. So this is a really great show. We recorded an intro with our guests, but it doesn't seem to exist anymore. I, I don't know what happened. I know it's not your fault. It's probably mine, but it's, it's disappeared into the ether. So we're going to introduce today's show. It's all about tiki culture. It features uh, luminaries in the subculture of tiki. Uh, Humuhumu, the great historian and cataloger of tiki establishments, and master mixologist and promoter of tiki culture via the bar, uh, Justin Dolier. I love Justin Dolier. I can relate to bars. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can see why, Mr. Robert Barr. So... It's going, to be a, it's going to be a great show. I want to also invite everyone to come visit me here at Judd's Hill. So why am I saying here? We're in Hollywood. Up there, back in Napa Valley, on the Silverado Trail. When they hear it, won't it be there? Which will be here and not there. No, but we'll, Hollywood will be there. Hollywood will be there, but the winery's here, there. I'm confused. Oh, my gosh. All I know is that visiting information is at juddshill.com. I would love to see you and show you a good time. Uh, at our family winery at the south end of Silverado Trail. As a special perk for being a listener, by the way, if you go online, yes, to judshill.com, and you can look at our fun videos, many of which Mr. Robert Barr right here has edited. Woohoo! And you can also <laughs> see, see some photos, poke around, find out about the winery, but you can put some wine in your shopping cart. And as a special perk for being a listener, Type in coupon code JNVS, stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show, in lowercase letters and get 15% off your entire wine order. Now, if you want a better deal than that, Bob. I, I just realized something. What? I've been making a mistake all this time. I've been using capitals. <laughs> that's why you don't get your discount. I'm sorry. But if you want a better deal than that, you can join our Judd's Hill Wine Club. It's free to join. Uh, information is on the web as well. And you're guaranteed to try all of our wines. You get invitations to great events and parties. And it's fun and delicious. So I look forward to welcoming you to Judd's Hill. And now let's have a fun uh, tiki show. Rolling. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a fantastically fun Finkel Fest. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. Hi everybody, this is Lauren Mall. I'm sorry that I can't be with you in person today at the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop as I am conducting some important business here on the streets of downtown Napa. But I am able though to introduce today's guest. Well, thank you very much, Lauren Mall, joining us remotely. We are indeed says, uh, soaking in the exotic and mysterious South Seas beauty of this secret locale. Lauren, thank you. That I'm sorry you can't be with us today here in person, but I appreciate you joining us via remote. That's great. I'm excited about your gig tonight. AT&T Park. Anybody listening, snap up your tickets now if you can still get them. The Giants are taking on. I don't know who they're taking on, but uh, Lauren will be singing. Lauren, what did you tell me you're singing? Was it Take Me Out to the Ball Game or the Star Spangled Banner? One or the other. Lauren, 
Folks, you've heard this show long enough. You know Lauren has sung at every major sporting event in the Bay Area, at every venue, every coliseum, every stadium. Well, tonight is another chance for you to hear Mr. Lauren Mole and the fine folks for uh, everybodystar.org. That is the organization that, that puts this all together. Check out the website. It's a group, an organization, a nonprofit that gets special needs youth into the world of music and music production videos. So if you go to everybodystar.org at this very moment, and as Lauren is fond of saying, that website runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And you can see Mr. Lauren Mole in his dashing white tuxedo jacket and his uh, great video. So anyway, he and his gang of friends from Everybody is a Star will be singing tonight at the Giants game, which is pretty cool. Now, as far as uh, what I'm up to, Oh, all kinds of stuff. But what I really want to tell you about, well, let me tell you this briefly. Friday, January, January, what month is this? July. It's July January. already? It's flying. This <laughs> summer's I've got, going I've got Jay on the mind. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. It's this rum. Folks, you're in for a treat. We're going to be talking rum and tiki and all kinds of stuff. We've got an early start, by the way. Hence my <laughs> January is July. I'll introduce, <laughs> well, Lauren will introduce the guests in just a moment. July 28th is the annual Yucapalooza at Oxbow. So come on down. It's free to attend. It's from 6 to 9 on the Oxbow Public Market River Deck. And it is a one-night kind of mini ukulele festival. It is standing room only every year. So get there early, snag a seat, or stand, sit on the floor, whatever it takes. You're going to have a good time. The Oxbow merchants do one-night-only island-style specials. So come in for that. Let's see. What else is going on? Oh, our great friend, Retro Diva, Melissa Grunhagen, will be there. She's one of the Bay Area's premier dealers of vintage Aloha wear. So if you need something to wear, you can pick it up right there. Very convenient. That's what we're all about. We want to make it easy for you. And uh, my own band, the Maikai Gents, will be anchoring the evening, playing our old-time Hawaiian music. And we invite you, dear listener, bring a ukulele. Strum something for us. There's opportunities throughout the night to get up and uh, perform a song for everybody. The whole evening benefits Voices, which is a wonderful nonprofit organization here in our community that helps the youth who have been in foster programs get on the positive track of life. They're involved in many uh, LGBTQ issues. It's just a great organization that helps folks, um, as I said before, just find a path, and we couldn't be happier to help support them. How does a free event support an organization? Well, there's going to be a fabulous raffle. So you're going to want to bring a few bucks to... uh, Give to the raffle. There's great prizes every year, including this year some ukuleles from our friends at Kala Ukulele Company over in Petaluma. And I believe they're going to be sending over some of their own crew to strum for us as well. So that's an extra treat. Judd's Hill Wine Specials too. So come ready to have a bit of vino fino. It's going to be tons of fun. The very following day, July, right? July? July. Thank you. July 29th. That's Saturday. It's Kindness Day. Here in Napa Valley. This is an event that is very near and dear to my heart. It was conceived of and is being organized by, well, I'll just say because I'm a proud dad. My kids, my seven-year-old and my 10-year-old are putting this together. And I'm not kidding. This is all their idea. You may have seen these Be Kind buttons around Napa Valley. They all came from those kids and they pass them out. They wear them around all over Napa Valley. And if somebody stops them and says, I like your button, Well, they take it right off and give it to that person. And now we see people all over Napa wearing these buttons. So that 
led to them thinking, well, we should have a whole day revolving around kindness, and that is going to be Saturday, July 29th. Please join us. Meet at Yauntville Veterans Memorial Park. It's at the corner of Washington and California. It's the south part of town. Meet there at 9.30 a.m. And we'll gather, bring some signs if you want, uh, with some messages of kindness. Now, this is a completely non-political, non-religious type organization. Um, it's not an organization. It's just an event. So please keep, keep that in mind when bringing your signs. Please, no politics or religion. But just messages of kindness, whatever that means to you. It could just say, be kind, uh, like the buttons do. So bring some signs. If you want to make a sign, there will be a sign-making party at Judd's Hill Winery on the Silverado Trail Thursday, July 26th at 6 p.m. For a couple hours, you can come on down. We'll have some sign-making materials. But getting back to the event, 9.30 a.m., meet in the park. At 10.30, we will begin walking through the town of Yauntville, uh, just spreading our messages of kindness. It will culminate at the Napa Valley Museum right there in Yauntville at the Veterans Home with all kinds of events. There will be uh, activities, there will be speakers, be music, there will be treats from Annie the Baker, there will be uh, cookies from ABC, ice cream from Three Twins. Can you tell uh, some kids organize this event? <laughs> 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 will there be lunch? I don't know, we're working on that, but there will be lots of sweet treats. <laughs> and the Napa Valley Museum is also doing something very cool, which is called the Kindness Collage. They will have an area where everybody there can participate and make an art piece, a small art piece, just showcasing whatever, whatever it is that kindness means to you. you. You, listener, will be doing this. So you can put together an art piece, and then it will be put together as part of a larger kindness collage that the museum will then display as a special exhibit. Um, and uh, let's see, what else? Oh, this is kind of cool. The town of Yauntville, the city of Napa, and the county of Napa are all proclaiming officially, these are from the, na the mayors and the uh, county board of supervisors, July 29th as Kindness Day in their respective jurisdictions. Wow. So we're really excited about this. And I hope you will join us once again, July 29th, it's Saturday, uh, at Yauntville Veterans Park, 930. If you can't make it early, and join the walk, then uh, come up to the museum, probably starting around 11 or so. That's that. Lauren, I know you're standing by remotely. Would you please do us the honor of introducing these fine guests who have been waiting so patiently. With many stories for you to chew through, our guests do bamboo kung fu. We could talk to them all day. Barman Justin Dolier and Tiki Professor Humuhumu. Oh, Lauren, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Lauren, I got to hire you to walk around and introduce me wherever I go now. <laughs> you have just officially been Lauren Mold. You've received uh, <laughs> one of his signature <laughs> one of his signature introductions. This is great. I am so excited to have you both here. Humu Humu, I've known you many years in the world of Tiki and yeah. um, happy to sit down and have this conversation. Justin, I know you by reputation, but excited <laughs> to meet you and see you face to face. I mentioned earlier that we got started uh, a little early here with uh, maybe a bit of there a... There was a nip. The there rum nip. enjoyment. <laughs> and that five o'clock somewhere. Somewhere <laughs> or other, you know, who knows? That was delicious. Uh, Justin brought in... Not I, I don't say this to make anybody you know, envious. I want you all to go out and have your own rum adventures, if that's your thing. But he was having one of his rum adventures, and this was in, in Paris. Apparently, this rum that you brought us is not available in the US. I'm bragging a little now because I'm just excited <laughs> and it was delicious, but you sought this out and 
have brought it here today. Yeah, some incredible Barbadian rum that is, or Bajan rum, as they'd say down there. Yeah. It's uh, available only in Paris and Germany. And I was just lucky enough to be able to bring some back. And I brought it back simply for the purpose of sharing with wonderful people. So I was more than happy to bring some. And I was more than honored that you brought it here and more than delighted to taste it. And now I'm more than, no, actually, I'm pretty okay. I just, you know, mistook one month for the other <laughs> a little while ago. But thank you for that. Where should we even start? I, I'm not sure. I, you know, I'm going to go to Humuhumu. So I've known her for so long. This is before you became the Humuhumu, who is the icon of tiki culture. <laughs> you were just Humuhumu, just like that really cool person who comes to tiki events and is fun to hang out with. I was just that lady who kept showing up at tiki bars. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I was just one of those folks who was also just kind of hanging out with my elbow on a tiki bar. And yeah. And really back then it was not tiki bars. It was our tiki bar, tiki tea. That was kind of our living room. Yes. at um, Not that I know this off the top of my head, but I do 4427 Sunset Boulevard, <laughs> about two blocks east of where <laughs> Sunset Hollywood, Virgil and Hillhurst all come together. A must stop for anybody who um, not only enjoys tiki bars, but just enjoys cocktail culture. There's no place like it. That little do you it's a shoebox of a bar. Do you want to say why it is so special in the world of cocktail <sighs> culture and history? Well, so uh, it was started uh, more than 50 years ago. How old is it now? 1961 55? was yeah, when it was founded. Yeah, five years ago so by, uh, by Ray Buen. And Ray Buen was one of the original four bartenders at the first Tiki Bar, which opened in 1933 in Hollywood. It's called Don the Beachcomber. And so he knew the very first tiki drink recipes before anybody else did. And from there, he worked at other amazing bars around Hollywood, not all of them tiki bars, before he opened his own place eventually. And it is teeny. It, is a, it seats like four people. This is an exaggeration. It's like maybe 40, but it's been standing room only. Yeah. Line out the door, uh, cash only, and it's still run by the family. Uh, it's a... Uh, and beyond that, you really just have to go experience it for yourself because the room has a certain magic. There's a friendly magic. You are going to make new friends there. Whether you want to or not, it's going to happen. You're going to make new friends when you go to Tiki Tea. That's the deal. It's true. It's true. I lived in Los Angeles for a few years, and it was my regular, at least every Wednesday night, sometimes twice a week, but Wednesday is when they open. They're only open like four nights a week, right? So Wednesday is the first night of the week they're open. I would be there. At opening, and I got to meet such wonderful people. Not only the Buen family, who took me in. It was like cheers. You know, everybody knows your name. The nights that they were closed, sometimes they'd invite me to go out with them and go show drink off. somewhere else. Show or go off. To, <laughs> well, <laughs> birthday parties. No, no you I'm, earned it. It's I'm not bit, saying it's show off. I'm just no, proving your point that you yeah. become friends. My group, the Mai Kai Gents, so much of our repertoire comes from meeting a really cool guy who just happened to sit next to me one night because there was a I'll say it. There was a drunk lady pestering him at the other side of the bar. So there was a space open. He came and sat down. Oh, what do you do? Oh, very modest. Oh, I'm the pianist for the Napa, or Napa Valley. See, I, what is in this rum, Justin? <laughs> the, it might be 56%. Holy moly. Okay, another please, if you don't mind. Um, he says, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the pianist for the San Francisco Opera on loan right now to the Los Angeles Opera. You know who I'm talking about. I do. Brendan. And I'd never met him, but that's how I met him. And it turns out he's this collector of old-time Hawaiian uh, 78s, you know, music from the 20s and 30s and even earlier. And he just started sending me music. And I'm like, this is a great song. This is a great song. This is a great song. I bet 
half or more of our repertoire at this time is because I met him. Ah, Brendan is just a wonderful, wonderful, fun, sweet treasure of a man to have in your life. It's true. So go to Tiki Tea, folks. Let's talk about you, Humu. Okay. You want to? Sure. I mean, you're here. I am. You are. You you have become kind of a big deal. Like (laughs) one of the biggest (laughs) one of the biggest deals in the world of tiki culture. You are a historian. You are uh, the what do you call it? Not the is you call it an author of a blog? Is it is it a blog? It's a resource. You have created. A website. Let's put it's it that way. It's a guide. Way. It's a. It's a Just it tell a, me about Critiki. Part historic archive and part travel guide to help you find the locations that are relevant to Polynesian pop history and Polynesian pop today. Uh, so it's tiki bars and Polynesian restaurants, particularly through the filter of mid-century America. And uh, as a companion to that, there's a part of the site where I get opinions off my chest <laughs> and that's the part where it starts to feel a little bit more like a blog it's a it, there's uh, articles that go alongside all of it where I I uh, get everything out of me that needs to get out of me <laughs> but you know and and you do it without ever seeming like you're ranting which I appreciate oh, you know I subscribe <laughs> and I you know I catch all of your articles that come out and I appreciate and I uh, from time to time I even share them on my Facebook page. Oh, you know, thank you. Like, what is a tiki bar? Yeah. That's a hot topic. So many people ask me. They know I'm into this. By the way, folks, if we didn't mention it at the beginning of the show, we're talking tiki today. This is pretty much a tiki culture show. And your website, I don't know if it was clear. I kind of said it, but we were both talking. Critiki.com. C-R-I-T-I-K-I.com. And I think just for the edification of our listeners, if you wouldn't mind, give the nutshell cliff notes story about what makes a tiki bar a tiki bar well, and then i'm going to give you a little anecdote it's going to depend on who you're talking to so i'm going to tell you what it means to me yes and if if something else resonates with somebody else out there that's okay we each get to have our own tiki bars uh the tiki bars that are relevant to me are uh are drinking establishments uh often with food not necessarily that are themed environments. You're stepping into another world, and that world is an idealized version of Polynesia through the eyes of mid-century mainland America. And there's fabulous. Rum, and there's rum yes. drinks. And there's rum. <laughs> and there's rum. Well, you know, and I think that that is a point. I mean, atmosphere I think has more to do with it than just about anything. I was recently a week or so ago at a um, a bar in Seattle that I was recommended to go to uh, for the great tiki drinks. And I had some friends around. Uh, we were leaving on this Judd's Hill uh, wine club cruise. So some of the folks had gathered and they know that I like these types of uh, bars and drinks. And I said, Judd, let's find a tiki bar. We want to go to a tiki bar with you. And we found this place. I'm, I won't, I won't mention it by name, but on the very positive side, they did a great job with their drinks. I mean, they knew what they were doing. The uh, verbiage on the menu had all the right adjectives and, you know, right types of rums and mixers and whatnot, and they took the drink seriously. But I couldn't quite call it a tiki bar. They were a bar that had um, a nice atmosphere, but uh, one of the things that I think kind of kills the tiki bar vibe is if there's a lot of natural light coming in. And they had a lot of glass and sunlight. You know, it was late afternoon. Sunlight was streaming in. Uh, the music was kind of soul. It wasn't particularly exotic or Hawaiian or anything like that. 
Uh, I don't know that there were tiki's in the bar to make it a tiki bar. So it was a bar that did really good tiki drinks. We had a nice time. We there actually had a really nice I time. I can think right off the top of my head four bars in Seattle that are like that. Where oh, yeah? You can get a fantastic, well-crafted tiki drink, but it's not coming along with a tiki environment. S- and that's true in a lot of the major cities right now. There's plenty of places where you can get a tiki drink that's yeah. a lot less interesting to yeah, me. We had a great time. You know, I don't know that they got the tiki bar experience. I'm not sure yeah. if they even knew they weren't getting a tiki bar experience, but they, we had a nice time and good drinks. Now, I don't want to exclude Justin here, Justin Dolier, um, because tiki bars are what you do. You are the uh, former GM of Pagan Idol in San Francisco, which is an incredible tiki bar and i think hits the criteria of what we're talking about and i do want to get into some specifics too you kind of give this broad stroke of a tiki bar but let's get into some, some specifics but you look like you were about to say something i want to make sure you got the proper introduction with your pedigree and whatnot so please you're you're, you're no chomping i'm, I'm at the thoroughly bit. embarrassed now that's no. absolutely congr- <laughs> congratulations well done uh, okay. I, I wanted uh, to hop in and just say that i think it's important to to note these you know distinctions about tiki bars and tiki drinks, and then taking a step back at what tiki culture is. Because, you know, from a broader stroke and, you know, what we learned so much in terms of the research that we did, the people that we talked to, and what we got to learn from so many people who feel so passionate about this is just tiki as a cultural movement in the United States. And these bars are a reflection of that. Mm. And certain drinks like this are a reflection of that, too, but you'll see all sorts of people these days, and it's awesome to see tiki <laughs> popping up more often. You see people on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you hear people talking about it more. Tiki this, tiki that, which is wonderful. It also gets people taking things out of context and placing them there. Be like, look, here's a picture of this incredible tiki drink that I just made for my bar. Mm. You take a look at it, and it looks wonderful, and it's pretty, and it's in this completely nondescript bar away from any music light setting and you just say to yourself like you're so close yes and but at the same time tiki is all of those things being put together which add up to so much more than just that individual drink when i see those drinks and you know maybe it's got a banana dolphin or a a lime that's got on fire and (laughs) great big sprigs of mint i look at that drink and i still think that drink is ungarnished it is missing its most important ingredient, which is the immersive environment that uh-huh. does that really is doing most of the work of transporting you to a different place. And that's a the bar time. atmosphere. Exactly. Well, let's talk about that because that is something I get asked all the time. And I think it's very appropriate that we are right now soaking in the atmosphere so of the wiki wiki rock shop. So, I mean, feel free to use examples here, like maybe something you think. Is tiki maybe something that you wouldn't have quite done for a tiki bar? Whatever. You feel free. I can take it. But you talked in some broad strokes about tiki bars. Let's get into some specifics. I mentioned natural light. That's something I don't look for in a tiki bar. I think that when you walk into a bar, for me to consider it a tiki bar, one of the elements is to have a, an immersive environment where you really are not aware of the outside world. It should be like like the darkest corners of Las Vegas. <laughs> you, should, <laughs> you should be so removed from your world. Uh, and, and the WikiWiki Grog Shop that we're in, it is so dark in here, guys. I love a dark bar. And this is a <laughs> dark bar. And uh, it, it's just a lot easier to convey a sense of mystery and a little bit of danger. I think that if you step into a space and you know where all the corners are, y- you're safe. 
I don't I don't want to be safe in a tiki bar. <laughs> I want to no. be afraid for my life a little bit. Wait, but in that kind of fun Halloween haunted house, afraid for your life, not in any kind of in actual danger. Are you like expecting someone like to come at you with a dagger no. or something? Or? <laughs> no. no, you don't want that. No I mean, a little danger. bit of fire is okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So now you have what um, you have a, a, a an immersive home tiki bar. Yes. And Justin, you have built an actual tiki bar that people can visit you know helped build was one oh, well, of many incredible people who helped collaborate okay fine sure but you're the one sitting in front of me right now so i'm giving <laughs> you the credit let's talk about how you approach your own spaces yours as a home bar humu humu and yours justin as a bar that was going to open to the public and people are going to come in and ex- have expectations you know because they're spending money uh, humu people come in with expectations but you're usually just Giving them drinks. I have, I've got real advantages over Justin's experience. Uh, for one, I was collecting for many, many, many years before I had the space to work with. So I had a backlog of stuff I'd collected. Mm. Another big advantage is I'm not dealing with drunk strangers. I'm dealing with drunk <laughs> friends. Drunk okay. friends are so much easier to manage. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I can get away with a lot more. The other thing is I'm not charging for my drinks. So everyone's yeah. going to be predisposed to be happy with whatever they get. Right, right. Not that, that. That's an important distinction. Those right are there. really those the are minute money comes into the factors. equation, uh, all of a sudden you have uh, hospitality and customer experience concerns. Yeah, I mean the size of the space plays into that so much too, because tiki is about that sense of intimacy. It's like you're stepping away to that idealized world, which is not some place where people feel out of control or lost, and you want them to feel lost in the best way. Like they are lost in somewhere that they want to call home. And we talked about that natural light. And so much of the issue with natural light is that you want it to constantly be that time of night or evening where the light is just perfect and just dark and everyone's glowing and looks beautiful. Mm. And when you allow natural light, you lose that sense of control. Unless you gain control over what the light is looking like at any time, vastly more difficult. You're going to lose control over what your bar looks like at all times and what that sense of control is. And the bigger that your space is, the harder that is to do which was far and away the toughest part of Pagan Idol, was taking this gigantic, old, gutted Italian restaurant and turning it into a space that felt both wild, exotic, and at the same time incredibly intimate. And so what what did you do? I mean, can you describe what some of the elements of the bar are that that created this tiki atmosphere? Absolutely. I mean, and what we did was research as much as humanly possible uh, by admitting up front that we didn't know what it was like to open up, start, run, design a tiki bar. That was the first step. Uh, when the owner of Future Bars, Brian Sheehy, came up and asked me to help run this tiki bar and open it for him, he said it was because I grew up in Hawaii, so I had tiki in my blood, <laughs> to which I just laugh. And because Hawaii uh, tiki is completely a California invention. It was created by Don the Beachcomber, helped spread by Trader Vic, and then grew out from there. It is this idealized, fetishized version of Hawaii, but it's not really Hawaii. It's not. And there's a a place down in the Los Angeles area. uh, You guys know Damon's Steakhouse in Glendale. Fabulous place to visit. The atmosphere is great. Uh, I don't know if it's still there. They used to have a sign, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to mention it because it goes right with what you're saying. A sign above the bar that said "Real Hawaiian Mai Tais," <laughs> which always made me chuckle because I'm a geek when it comes to cocktails and especially tiki drinks. And we all know a panel here in front of me. Where was the Mai Tai invented? 
Oakland. Yeah, it's Trader Vic right there. <laughs> Oakland, California, 1944, and since has been bastardized all around the world. And often if you go to Hawaii, nowadays I think they're getting savvy with the cocktail resurgence <laughs> that you can get some better drinks. But usually it's the tourist, glurpy, sweet stuff. Like, I don't want to, that. To be fair, yes. there are some legit reasons why when you get a Mai Tai in Hawaii, it's totally different. Limes are expensive mm. in Hawaii. Uh, and if people are on vacation in Hawaii, do they want the same lime juice they can get at home or do they want pineapple juice? The island style Mai Tai. So it's, I'm yeah. okay with they're having a different version of the drink. I, I, I like it when people differentiate it as the island Mai Tai or something similar and put a little historic footnote on what they're so talking about. So thank you. Maybe I just miss read the sign misunderstood their intention <laughs> no i don't think that. No, i think, no. I think oh, okay. you read it absolutely okay. correctly so was let's it get terrible <laughs> like well, many of the mai tais are in hawaii this was many many years ago and it was kind of coming out of a jug i think they've <laughs> revamped <laughs> anyhow a lovely place love going there i haven't looked for the sign for a while but you were saying laughing because you said tiki's in his blood from hawaii but it's a california invention please how you approached yeah, so we just started reading as many books as we could, going out and visiting as many tiki bars and talking to as many people who were invested in the culture as we possibly could. Just trying to do a broad sweep beforehand to get a sense of how we were going to theme the bar, what we were going to do, how the drinks were going to be, and what type of experience that we wanted to create. And we're lucky to meet so many incredible people, including Humu Humu, who's sitting right next to me, who has a huge role in the inspiration behind so many of the things that we did at the bar, and ah. I'm incredibly grateful to her for that. So you were a consultant? I uh, actually teach classes to bartenders about tiki bar history, because like many tiki files, we have suffered through years of watching tiki bars open, uh, or new management take over an existing tiki bar, and feeling like, oh, why don't they know? Why can't, how can we help them know how to do this right? And therein is the cliffhanger. We're going to find out in just a few moments how Humu Humu saves the day when it comes to tiki bars. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show here on 1440 KVON. We'll be right back. La, 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 la. And now, here he is. Napa Valley's ambassador of good times and fine wines, John Vingelstein. And now we're back with Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Judd. Lauren is not here at the moment. We're very sorry. We miss him terribly. Um, we love his intros and outros, but he joins us in spirit and in spirits, especially because today we're talking about rum. We're talking about tiki cocktails. We are broadcasting from an actual tiki bar. We are at the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop, basking in the mysterious South Sea beauty of Napa's most exclusive cocktail lounge. My guests are Justin Dolier, Mr. Tiki Cocktail. I'm telling you, this guy was one of the, uh, the founders, former GM of uh, Pagan Idol in San Francisco. We're going to talk about what you're doing currently here pretty soon, too. And we have Humu Humu, who is an icon of modern tiki culture with her website, Kritiki. I'm going to spell it, C-R-I-T-I-K-I.com. And I just, I'm so excited to have you both here. Before the break, Humu Humu, you were talking about the classes that you teach bartenders about, well, tiki bars, tiki culture, tiki cocktails, so they know what's going on. And there was a cliffhanger. It was how do we get them to understand and appreciate and pass along that 
understanding and appreciation to yes. the customers. Tiki bars and are how no do they ordinary. do it? Tiki bars are no ordinary bars. No. And so there's some, some uh, disappointment and frustration amongst the lovers of these bars as they saw people opening these bars and not quite getting it. So uh, after years of, of this concern, I realized, wait a minute. <laughs> I can help. <laughs> I can do something. I'm not powerless in this situation. Yeah. I've, I'm fortunate enough. I live in San Francisco and I go to a lot of bars. So I have a lot <laughs> of friends who are, are excellent bartenders. And the bartenders were my way to get into this world a little bit. Yeah. And we I've had the proprietors the of one of your regular haunts here uh, about a year ago, in fact, did a show from here. Uh, oh. Martin and Rebecca from yes. Smuggler's Cove Smuggler's sat Cove. right where you're sitting and oh, had a lot of fun. We drank some rum with them, too. I need to have more of these bartender shows. This yeah. is fun. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> Bartenders are a lot of fun. Yes. So you're local San Franciscans. And I've been running uh, my website, Critiki, which is all about the history of tiki bars for 15 years. I, I've, I've got some information. That yes. I can give people a crash course. I may not be perfect, but I can try. So I just started doing it. I was just like... Dang it, I'm just going <laughs> to lure unsuspecting strange bartenders into my basement <laughs> with the promise of free tiki drinks and slam some knowledge into them. And, and it's, a, it's a history lesson that I give them. A lot of the bartenders, are they're younger, they're in their 20s, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of context that's missing for them. And there's a, so I give them, it's, honestly, it's a little bit of a sales job about what tiki is all about where it came from why it's special why Mm -hmm. it's more than just a bar um so many of these folks are just bartenders and they they don't have control over the environment of these spaces right but will they in 10 years when they're able to open up their own bar i'm planting seeds exactly and And it's amazing to me that so quickly i was able to plant some seeds that actually bore fruit (laughs) (laughs) and we're talking about justin's project uh pagan idol which you were have um, you were instrumental in building now I, I want to back up a little bit because you know you didn't just start your career in the world of cocktails and booze appreciation right there you have a bit of a of a history a pedigree as well you want to talk oh about I mean I still have d- uh, coded computer applications longer than I've been behind the bar uh, however go ahead you mentioned while we were on break you know bourbon and branch yeah, so with a, a vast... No slouch there. No, a vast sum of computer development experience. Mm-hmm. I got an MBA, and as a way to transition out, uh, got behind the bar. I'd been doing some booze and sports media <laughs> as a way to offset discretionary income spending on sports and booze, and it worked really, really well. <laughs> to write about drinks, write about beer and wine, and then people would give it to you for free. It's amazing. Wow, Kids, a dream listen to true. Uncle Justin. If you'd like free booze, just start writing about it. It's amazing. <laughs> They'll send it to your door. Anyway. And are you, are, are you imbuing your uh, young child with this type of... Uh, motivation as well oh she's dangerous <laughs> it, it's it's tough like she can taste wine better than i can uh so she's nine years old uh she'll just sit and take a glass and like have the most detailed and descriptive tasting notes it's absolutely fabulous and I we knew that. we were in trouble when it's about three and a half years old and in her montessori school <laughs> and she comes back home from school one day and there and she's talking to the teacher and she was like, yeah, I had a really interesting discussion with your daughter today. Like, oh, oh, what happened? She's like, well, he's going around to the class, and she's handing out all these little glasses to kids. And the teacher comes over and says, oh, Haley, like, you know, what are you doing? 
He looks up and goes, oh, Miss Kim, I made margaritas for the class. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so Haley sees this look of shock on her face. Like, she knows what has just happened and that her teacher is, like, giving this, like, look of shock and awe and, like, almost, like, disapproval. And Haley hands her a glass and says, don't worry, Miss Kim. There's no tequila in theirs. <laughs> in theirs. Oh, uh, yes. So, but yeah. for you, my dear teacher. <laughs> with, with margarita recipe knowledge from the age of three and a half. I love it. Amazing. She's been set on a wonderful path. But uh, <laughs> but when we were expecting, uh, someone gave me a book called um, The Three, I believe it was The Three Martini Playdate. And one of the things <laughs> I took away from that was, you know, basically we were here first, the parents. So, you know, train your kids young to serve you. And one of the first lessons should be about the time they are able to pick up a shaker and open a bottle and measure, you know, how to at least bring you a martini and make one up. <laughs> Anyhow, you're doing well, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, I have yet, my, my kids understand that cocktails are an important part of, uh, well, what I consider to be um, a, f a fun and healthy lifestyle, you know, in moderation, everything. Uh, but we have not got into the lessons of concocting yet. Soon enough. Get there. I mean, cooking, cooking starts and it's a little yeah, bit of no, an easier way for Yeah, them they're to good get with cooking. Uh, but I think uh, martinis and Mai Tais are coming up. So, anyhow. So, anyway, please. yeah, it was and wanted to shift out of strictly computer development. So, I got my MBA, sort of the feeder system to bartending, as everybody knows. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, oh, yes. Congratulations. I think that's great. <laughs> Midway through my MBA, uh, wanted a shift and got a job working behind a bar. Uh, Got, was working doing day shifts, waiting tables at mm -hmm. a local Mexican restaurant. Uh, they said that as soon as I got comfortable waiting tables, that they'd get me behind the bar. So after about two weeks, they said, hey, Justin, you're doing great. And I'm like, yeah, I'm serving like four or five people like tacos or burritos. It's really, really easy. I got this. <laughs> so I come in the next day, which was a Tuesday, and met with the head bartender. He walked me through the different steps of making their drinks. And he asked me if I was doing anything the next day. I said, no. He says, awesome. You're going to work behind the bar by yourself. Oh, so I show up on a Wednesday knowing how to make our drinks, which is great because it was either a margarita or like a strawberry margarita, which is the exact same recipe with like a half ounce of strawberry puree. <laughs> but the mango margarita, which I'm not sure if you can figure it out yet, but it's the exact same margarita with a half ounce of mango puree. So it was really, <laughs> really simple. And the drinks were fine. We were fresh squeezing our juices. Like it was, you know, it was halfway there. It wasn't really like we were making fine cocktails, but it was getting there. Uh, but, you know, I'm just there behind the bar by myself, not knowing anything. Mm -hmm. Guy comes up and asks if I can make him a Manhattan. I know of a Manhattan. But I'm like, do you know what's in that? He goes, no. I'm like, awesome. We can learn about this together. <laughs> I love it. Learn about it yeah. for both of you. <laughs> Found that we had some sweet vermouth mm -hmm. uh, downstairs in our fridge and went, got it, made a Manhattan. And from then on, I could make those. After about a month of doing that, felt super comfortable. Started bringing in my own ingredients and oh. syrups. Was getting help from my wife and putting all those things together. And just sort of learned from there. So through the last year of my MBA, was working in Honolulu. Then when I moved to San Francisco, had the most eclectic job search of all time. Uh, I was re uh, looking out for some banks, different consulting companies, looking at marketing firms, all sorts of tech firms, and also started looking for some bartending gigs. Ended up getting two job offers on the same day. One doing valuations of small tech companies for, from Silicon Valley Bank. And the other one was bartending shifts at Bourbon and Ranch. Ah. So. The famed San Francisco temple to fine drinking. Yeah, it's, it's is still an amazing bar and an icon in San Francisco oh, drinking yeah, no culture. Uh, so life would have been very different had I taken a different job. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it. But to me, it would have been passing up on like the Apple or Google of bars at the time. Right. So got to learn with 
unbelievable people just basically sat there on my shifts, not even looking at guests, just kind of looking over at my coworkers, like trying to learn as much as I could from <laughs> them, feeling totally out of place. And in my four years at Future Bars, just was as lucky as could possibly be in terms of getting unbelievable experiences, ended up helping them open up a bar over in the East Bay, which is their first bar located in Berkeley called Tupper and Reed. Mm-hmm. And the entire time I was out there was doing the planning and legwork with another gentleman, Daniel Parks, to get our first giant high volume tiki bar up and running, which ownership asked us to open up their fun bar. So <laughs> the fun bar. I want to go to the fun bar. I mean, that's exactly it. We wanted it to be a place where people wanted to go because in our estimation, there's so many amazing cocktail bars in San Francisco that you're getting to the point where you're getting a brief period of saturation of so many places making so many incredible drinks, but less of them that you really want to go to, that you really feel at home at, with service that is warm, with people that just take care of you, having an experience that's super fun. That idea of the pretentious San Francisco bartender, I want to just say it's not true, but it's slightly true to an extent. You know, and it's, I don't know if it's, it's, I don't think it's unique to San Francisco is what I'm, what I'm saying. You know, in my travels, I try to find out where's the place to go in this town for a good drink. And oftentimes, as you say, I walk into a place and I might have a fabulous drink, you know, well-balanced and layered and constructed and delicious. And I said, that was a, a darn good drink. But did I have a good time there? Some people just take it way too seriously and there's not an element of fun. I won't go back to a place where there's a bar or restaurant anywhere, no matter how good the food, the drinks, whatever, if I haven't had a good time. And I think that is the key element. And that's where you're succeeding, you know, with uh, with Pagan Idol. Well, I think so much of it too, and to argue in the defense of San Francisco bartenders, no slight meant, uh, it's so much about getting people to a state of understanding what's going on in these cocktail bars. So often those interactions which don't go as well are because people come in asking for a certain thing and bartenders aren't as good as they should be at realizing how to pivot and help guide those people. And it's so beautiful in Tiki because the majority of people that are walking through those doors don't know a Mai Tai from a painkiller from a puka punch. So... They don't know anything. So we have so far to take them, which is fun because we get to start off that experience knowing that. With almost everyone that's going to walk through that door, their journey starts right there. They're wowed, swept off their feet, and they just say, let's do this together. Yeah, and I think that's something about the, maybe, I would imagine, you can tell me or not, maybe one of your, your typical customer walks in expecting to be taken on an adventure. You know, they, they, they come in knowing that they don't know and wanting for you to show them what's going on so that they're ready for the ride. And I think that's where the environment starts to help set the tone. If you're in an ordinary bar, you're you're expecting an ordinary experience. If you walk into a, whoa, wait, what's going on bar, you know, all bets are off. You're going to need a little help here and that they're probably ready to help. I mean, Trader Vic, when he invented the poo-poo platter, part of the reason that he did it was he wanted to put something on a menu that was so weird and so ridiculous that it forced people to ask about it. It's because dining and culture at the time was such that you were expected to know all these fine things. Like mm. If you saw things on a menu, your foie gras, your whatever have you, like you're supposed to know what a demi-gloss is. And to ask would be stating, 
I am someone of a lower class who shouldn't deign to be here. Mm. So he put this thing on the menu to just say, like, stop it. Come off it. None of you guys know what it is. None of you guys could possibly know what it is. I want you to feel so embarrassed, but you have to ask. And when you call something a poo-poo platter, you kind of, <laughs> you better ask. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I'm going to need to know about this one. Yeah. I feel a little unsure. <laughs> Bring on the poo-poos. Um, well, that's wonderful. And obviously it's been a great success and, you know, the buzz has been great and people do have a good time there. We have, have a few minutes left. I want to, I want to talk about what you're doing now because you have moved on from there, but you're doing something that's pretty darn cool as well. Would yeah. Like, where, I, where can folks find you if they want to come visit Justin Dolier and uh, have a fabulous time with cocktails? Where should they go at this point in time? Yeah. Well, recently I, after being there for a little over a year... Uh, was the hardest professional decision I've had to make in my life to, to step down from Pagan Idol, which is an unbelievable bar. Uh, we kept our opening staff of 19 people on for that first entire year. Wow. Uh, which was incredible. They were wonderful. They, people say that all of the wonderful things people say about Pagan Idol has more to do with that group of people and their attitude from day one than anything else. We got amazing help. The that, space that is beautiful. That crew loves each other, and you feel that. You can't stress enough how important it is to have a good team. No, they, they, they together. Like, together, they are absolutely more than anything else from that bar. That bar is not one individual. Wonderful. That bar is a collection of beautiful savages that come <laughs> into work so excited every day. I mean, we're in the opening part of that yeah. bar. We're literally working. Days are about 16 to 17 hours long in the beginning. Mm. People are getting there at noon and not leaving till about 4.30 or 5 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. And every day, people are showing up smiling and laughing and singing to the point where after about four, five, six weeks, we have people lose... We're starting to lose people because their bodies broke down. They couldn't keep going. Mm. And yet their s attitudes were still up here. Wow. So that was what was incredible. So it was They're in there on their off nights. I'll go in there and at Pagan Idol and I'll see one of the bartenders not working just there because they love it a little too much. <laughs> That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank that you. speaks volumes to what you've created. I mean, it was meant to be and i mean you know it's one thing to have a goal to do that but we set out to do that because that's what we felt tiki was mm. like we couldn't create in our minds a tiki bar if we didn't want to be there every bit as much as everybody else did so we had to create a bar where the staff was as or more excited than the people <laughs> coming in because we're going to come in we're going to dance we're going to sing we're going to throw out drinks mm. maybe sure the drinks happen but more than all we're going to have an awesome time and then people will get that as a reflection of what they're doing. That's it. That's absolutely it. So where are you now? So if folks want to come have a wonderful drink, whether tiki or not, because I'm sure you can actually make other drinks as well. Oh, absolutely. It, it's, yeah. it's interesting to come to a bar that has more than one selection outside of their room. Uh -huh. uh, so I'm now up with Duke's, uh, Duke Spirited Cocktails yes. in Healdsburg, which is a truly amazing bar up yeah. in the North Bay. Amazing reputation. Uh, I just feel blessed to be a part of that team. Uh, just started up a couple months ago. So we collectively hit the one-year mark in June 23rd. It's mm. right in the plaza in downtown Healdsburg. Yes. And again, you talk about beautiful teams. So I walked in, see the bar. The cocktail program's incredible. Their spirit selection is wonderful. And I don't mean to hand wave over things that people spend so much time working on and putting together, which are true, incredible accomplishments. But I met the team and I just said, like, 
yes, th- this is where I want to work. I want to really? work with this oh, group. Wonderful. Because it's the same thing. They come in excited. They're happy. It was started by these four incredible people, Laura, Tara, Cappy, and Steven. And the rest of the group they've hired is just a reflection of their love and friendship together. It's so much fun. And now you mentioned the rum that we had in the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. we don't want to brag about things that we get to have that other people can't have. Go ahead. If someone Here's comes chance. into Duke's when I'm working... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm behind the bar Saturdays, Sundays, and Tuesdays always, but picking up shifts other times frequently. Okay. If you come in and find me and ask me, I will happily bring in anything from my own collection to oh. share with you because that's what I want to do. That's why I buy these things is to bring them and share them with people. We have fun rums. I want to share it with you. You come and find me at Duke's. Talk to me. Let's think about things that we can take. I know you're speaking to the listeners right now, but you're looking right at me, so I'm taking this <laughs> personally. So, yes, count me there. I haven't been yet. I've met Cappy. And have been astounded by what he did. He actually presented at one of our, um, Kieran, in fact, this is why you guys are in town right now. You're doing a little presentation for our Napa Valley Cocktail Appreciation Guild, FOAM, Friends of Ardent Mixology. And Cappy did a, a holiday presentation for us, and it was outstanding. He's amazing. Yes, and um, I have yet to be to Duke's, but I've been talking to my lovely bride about... Um, I guess you wouldn't call it a staycation because we would actually stay up there. It's a little bit out of town from here in Napa. Uh, but just to come spend the night up in Healdsburg and have an evening at Duke's when you're behind the bar and have a memorable yet perhaps uh, hazy memory. Memorable? Hazily memorable? Is that it? Am I, is that what I'm trying to say? You're good with <laughs> words, Uma Huma. Sure. Uh, experience. <laughs> We're looking forward to that. The pictures will tell you you had a wonderful time. That's what I'm tr- looking for. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know what? As much as I do like to drink and enjoy it and, you know, lead the Cocktail Appreciation Guild, I don't like to drink in volume. It's very rare that I'm drunk. And once I feel the littlest buzz, I let that hang for a while and I don't have a drink for a long time or maybe not even another one. It's like people who enjoy fine food don't necessarily go crazy gorging themselves on a ton of low quality food. They like small amounts of really nicely crafted food. That's it. I don't like being drunk, so I'm not going to drink if it ain't good Yeah, because there's no point to it for me. So anyhow, that's my story. Huma Humu. Yes. Critiki.com. Yes. What else? You have adventures. You travel the country. Oh, I talking. used to, but then I had a kid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll so crimp the just style. The I just got the one thing now. The one thing. <laughs> so that's it. Anything we should talk about before? Uh, uh no. I, you know, I've got other things cooking, but they're secrets. Okay. Secrety well. secrets. So let's just focus on Critiki. Critiki. And it's a great it's website. Plenty. It keeps me busy. Your articles are, I think, well thought out, well Thank written. You. Thank you. Um, I love the fact that when I'm traveling, I can go on critiki.com and see, hey, what's near me right now in the world of tiki that I could go uh, enjoy or maybe be warned against. Yeah, it's, you know? I think it's, a, I want it to be a helpful way for people to. Uh, add some exploring into their travels. If you're going on a business trip, hit Critiki. See if yeah. you can make this business trip a little bit less lame. That's right. <laughs> and I like that you've added the, the map function so yes. you can see what's around you, you know, visually. That's really, really cool. Now is the time on Judd's Napa Valley show where we play everyone's favorite party game. Lauren. Oh, Lauren's not here. Oh. Ah, that's his cue. Darn it. Lauren, we miss you. So I'll say it. This is Mad Libs, or a Mad Libs-style fill-in-the-blank word game. Are you ready to go? Yeah. You ready. know how this works, right? Okay, let me get my pen ready. <clears throat> okay, my friends, feel free. Either one of you can just shout it out. I've, I'm not going to play favorites here. Just go for it. The first thing I'm going to need is an adjective. Adjective. Yeah. Uh, 
let's go with patriotic. Patriotic. Okay. Um, let's see. Having a. This is July, right? I, I think it still is. Last time I, I checked. don't. Think okay, we're so we just yet. had you know the the holidays, <laughs> not January. Okay, so it's in our minds a little patriotism, a plural noun, things, like more than one thing. You know, this episode's been really tropical, so let's stick with that theme and go with pineapples. Pineapple, pineapple. Then I'm gonna kiss your pineapple. That's uh, <laughs> what? It's, it's the B52 strobe light. You know that song? Oh, you've, like, you've gone to a deep first cut I'm, on First, me. I'm going to kiss your, I don't remember what it is, you know, your your neck. Then I'm going to kiss your tummy. Then I'm going to kiss your pineapple. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look it up, B-52, strobe light. <laughs> Great tune. Anyhow, adjective. Adjective. Yeah. Uh, uh, smelly. Smelly. That's always good for a laugh. Let's see how that works in a moment. Another adjective. Ooh, yeah, let's keep channeling the inner nine-year-old and go yes. slimy. <laughs> I like it. Slimy, an adverb, an L-Y, describing how an action is done. Ooh, adverb, adverb, adverb. Um, you got it. Uh, sneakily? Sneakily? Is that a, is that a, a proper adverb? Sure, Does sneakily. Why not? I think it's just fine. If I can read my own writing, that'll be just fine. Ah, a verb ending in I-N-G. There's a name for that, you know. Oh, well. Yes, that, is a, that is a gerund. A gerund. A gerund. Yes, gerund. you can tell she gerund. writes. That's an amazing word. It's a great, you, you get to use it now for the rest of your life. This is my gift to you today. Yeah, she's, yeah. A, she's a gerundatologist. Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, let's go with vomiting. <laughs> oh, wow. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's not. Yeah, I'm not I cleaning mean, yes, that up here. Good for Mad Libs, not as much for life. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't even have like a, you guys in your bar, you must have had like a barf kit, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have things available at all times. See, we don't how have one here at the Wiki. How often do you have shop. to deal with the vomit experience? It's a pretty big bar, and you're high, you're high throughput, so you're probably high vomit throughput, too. I mean, it's pretty much a Friday and Saturday exclusive problem. Oh, uh, interesting. If you're okay. vomiting on a Tuesday, I'm not sure if that's congratulations worthy, but congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> Maybe that is your best life. Maybe yeah, that's... I mean, you guys <laughs> you are You did it. Hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Victory. Yes. Uh, but... There's pretty much one a weekend okay. that you just get. It's hard when you have a giant bar. You that's know, yeah. as so much bad, as we want to do. I would have guessed it would be more frequent. And it, at least it usually happens in the restrooms. So you know, oh, bravo to people good. for at least having the sense and foresight that they're going to vomit. Get there. Though the funniest part about that is Uh-oh. they'll get to the bathroom and the last place people want to puke is in the toilet. Oh no! It's like you're there. You you got all the way. You're like ninety five percent of the way there, and the last five percent, which really important five percent it really so like, is yeah it's, like, it's the sink it's the walls it's the oh. ceiling really ceiling. the ceiling that's incredible did you throw okay it okay okay <laughs> justin Sorry, hey. yeah yeah code v enough okay thank you <laughs> you just just meeting you already love you like a brother but enough <laughs> all right uh how about a state of being oh, that's a state of being a state, a state of, of being yeah state of being oh, Joyful I mean, or existential. Well, here. on yes. the subject, how about <laughs> drunkenness? Drunkenness. Okay. Drunkenness. Okay. We're done. <sighs> so, what I did is <clears throat> earlier today, I found myself on critiki.com. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there is a tab that says about. 
and you've just written a bit, rewritten a bit of this via this Mad Libs game. Oh, awesome. And so this is about Huma Huma, but Justin, I appreciate your participation, and you were responsible for this as well. So here it goes. <clears throat> Critiki is a reference resource for the collecting, traveling, or researching Tiki file with information on over 1,000 locations and over 10,000 images. That's a lot of pictures. So, so far, so good, right? Yeah, yeah we can. So far, okay, so that's far about, we're on that's course. That's about the, the website itself. Now, here's the part about you personally, Humu Humu. <laughs> I lived in Hawaii for a short but patriotic time <laughs> dun, 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 as a child and that plus a love for themed environments and mid-century pineapples led me yes, true, to true. the <laughs> smelly world of tiki and polynesian pop also true <laughs> gets smelly it gets yeah. a little musty <laughs> yeah, stale rum and pineapple <laughs> my life thankfully hasn't been the same since I take my efforts to archive the slimy state and history of these places <laughs> quite sneakily. <laughs> I can picture you going in like a trench coat, looking around, taking notes. That's really <laughs> accurate. Yeah. No, it's that not. <laughs> I try to be above board. <laughs> it, it's a tall task, uh, challenging and never ending. But it's also <laughs> a vomiting passion. Ooh. Actually, I, I I have said before that you pull yeah. the string on my back and it all vomits out. Oh, okay. I can't there you stop go. talking about this stuff. Data dump. Um, <laughs> yeah. A vomiting passion, something that brings me no small amount of... Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Oh, no. Drunkenness. Humuhumu of Critiki.com. Justin Dolier. One of the founders, I'm calling you, of Pagan Idol and currently at Dukes in Healdsburg, uh, a cocktail stalwart. Thank you both for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you for having us to the Wiki Wiki Grog Shop. This is, this is so nice. Thank you so much. This it's been an so honor nice. to be here. My pleasure. Okole Maluna. Okole Maluna. Okole Maluna. The Tampa Valley Show.